This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Just when we thought the Liberals might be able to turn the page on the SNC-Lavalin scandal, there's a new wrinkle, and it is of their own making. Yesterday, Conservative leader Andrew Scheer released a letter from Justin Trudeau's lawyer warning that he may get sued in open court if he doesn't stop making some of the accusations he has leveled against the Prime Minister. Scheer's response has been... Bring it. He's calling this a bully tactic and says he would look forward to having it out in a courtroom. Now, it's not the first time a prime minister has threatened to sue the opposition. Stephen Harper did it in 2008, and Jean Chrétien did a decade before that. Both lawsuits were dropped. Now, what do you think of that? Is this all just a bunch of bluster? Is it, I don't know. What do you think of this? And is it does it serve to keep Jody Wilson-Raybould top of mind? The numbers, 416-360-0740 and toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we go to John Capobianco with uh, uh, Fleischman Hillard High Road and Charles Bird, who is the managing principal at the Toronto office of Ernst Cliff Strategy. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Libby. Hi there, Libby. Hi. Okay, let's start with Charles. Uh, What do you make of this? Well, I think any time you have the Prime Minister of Canada um, accused of criminal activity, then it probably warrants a fairly strong response. There's no doubt that the government would like to move on from the SNC-Lavalin matter and start talking a little more about uh, important priorities for Canadians, whether it's housing or health care or climate change. But if you do have allegations of corruption, especially when they're made by the leader of the opposition, I think uh, a strong response is called for. And we certainly have seen precedents, as you mentioned right off the top. We saw Stephen Harper uh, file a similar motion of intent against Stefan Dion and Michael Ignatieff and Ralph Goodale back in 2008. And, of course, Mr. Kretchen in, uh, I think it was 1997. Or 98, uh, I think. Or 98, with then-opposition leader um, Preston Manning. And so um, as much as they'd like to move on, I think some, some appropriate response was, was required simply because what the leader of the opposition was uh, arguing was that uh, the prime minister had been in charge of something approaching a criminal conspiracy. John Capobianco, is this just playing into the conservatives' hands? Oh, 100%. It's, it's head-scratching to me uh, that uh, that somebody who is doing everything he possibly can to, search, to change the channel on this issue um, uh, and is saying as much uh, in a speech is to say, you know what, we're getting on to the... the, the, the Topics of the day and issues of the day, and this is behind us. And everybody spoke who was supposed to have uh, who was supposed to have said anything. Um, uh, so you know, the prime minister and his team are certainly trying to and wanting to change the channel. So this is 
um, sort of mind-boggling in the sense that, that, you know, this is exactly what they're not going to do is, is change the channel on this because the media are jumping on this. We're speaking about it today. Uh, it'll be the talk of uh, all the uh, pundit shows uh, for the next little while. Um, and and it's, you know, it's an interesting one, though, because, you know, I just I, I get what my good friend Charles says with respect to, you know, the allegations and, and there's got to be some level of response. Well, that's politics. And I think that if, if the prime minister uh, and his committee would have would have allowed people to do their to do their 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 thing and speaking when they needed to be spoken to and and allowed for more debate and more discussions and and more then we wouldn't be into this because I think what's happening is that you know the leader of the opposition is and not just him but but even the the leader of the NDP are frustrated in that they're not getting you know the the, the committee the justice committee keeps shutting down and keeps preventing people who should be speaking to be speaking so it leads one to believe that there's something going on uh, which is causing some of this. Uh, some of this, um, uh, some of this, some of these problems. I don't know. It seems to me that there's been a heck of a lot of speaking. Uh, one of the things, uh, you know, I have to say that even on the other side with the conservatives, it does seem a bit blustery because uh, Andrew Shear was releasing, saying, "Oh, I have all these documents that I'm going to release, and it's going to be shedding more light." And it was, in fact, one document, and it was a lawyer's letter. So. I mean, definitely, uh, he's trying to make as much hay as possible. But Charles, I mean, wouldn't the prime minister be better off just leaving it? I, I think you'll see the government move on. You're already hearing them talking about the fact that um, Andrew Scheer announced uh, that he would have a climate plan ready for Canadians to review. That was, I think, 341 days ago, and we're still waiting. But the interesting thing about Mr. Scheer is throughout this entire matter, which has really been central to the government involving ministers and former ministers and the prime minister and various levels of staff, Andrew Scheer has been relatively invisible. And I think this may have been something of an opportunity for him to insert himself into the process, albeit late in the game, because it's really people like Lisa Raitt and Pierre Poliver who've, uh, who've gotten a lot of the attention, whether through appearances at the Justice Committee, which met for countless hours. And um, But I think you're absolutely right. The Prime Minister will be intent on moving on to more important issues. You saw a very major announcement on housing in Toronto just last week. Uh, the budget appears to be playing quite well in terms of its priority areas. And uh, so, like I said earlier, you know, there is a desire to change the channel, but at the same time, this was one allegation that could not go unanswered. And I'll be fascinated to see exactly what Mr. Shear has in his uh, bag of tricks in terms of evidence that actually proves corruption, because that is a very, very major charge of criminal activity, and one that's leveled against the Prime Minister. And it goes to another major problem, which is happening in Canada, the United States, elsewhere, which is that the politics of debate has been replaced by the politics of accusation, where political opponents immediately go for the worst-case scenario and then tend to get supplemented by political observers who see a series of dots and try to connect them into constellations of conspiracy. And 
it's really, really damaging to our democratic institutions because average Canadians just sit back and roll their eyes and think, my God, why can't you talk about the things that are important to me? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that, though. Uh, you know, the, the level of this, quote, scandal is, I guess, very Canadian when you compare it to things that <laughs> happen in other countries. Uh, you know, you're, you're right that Lisa Raitt and Pierre Polyevre have uh, been more visible on this, but John Capobianco, if you believe the polls, Andrew Scheer is benefiting. Oh, of course he is. And, and, and I would say this, and I think that, you know, and, and Charles makes, makes reference to the fact that, you know, politics and how it's, uh, how it's playing out. But, you know, uh, four short years ago, it was the Liberals doing the exact same thing uh, against Stephen Harper and his government. And, and of course, you know, when they, uh, when they ran the election campaign, it was all supposed to be, you know, sunny ways and hope and opportunity, and we're, you know, we're doing politics differently. And they did the exact opposite, which is why I think Canadians are turning against the Liberals and turning against this prime minister, uh, I think he's lost a lot of the uh, the goodwill that he had once uh, that he won the election on with respect to changing politics, and he's getting into the is getting into this uh, this level of, of discourse, which I think is turning a lot of Canadians off, uh, and it is giving people like Andrew Scheer uh, an opportunity because in opposition, um, you know, it's so hard to get media attention uh, because of course you know, the prime minister uh, of the day uh, gets the attention with all the policy issues and stuff, and in the opposition leaders uh, tend not to. And in fact, if it wasn't for the fact that Jagmeet Singh won his seat uh, in Burnaby, he probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be even on air now. Um, but, you know, this was something that uh, Tom Mulcair uh, capitalized on uh, when he was in opposition, uh, when, uh, when Stephen Harper was going through uh, some challenging times, and he made his name on it. And I think that, uh, I think that Andrew Scheer is doing the same, and he's got people like Lisa and Pierre uh, on the team, which are showcasing them as well, which I think speaks well of, of the fact that uh, Andrew does have a good, a good team behind him uh, when it comes to the election. People will look at Andrew, but also they'll look at people behind him, like Michelle Rempel, like Lisa, McCla- like Lisa Raitt, and like Pierre Polvav and others, who have done a phenomenal job keeping uh, the Prime Minister's feet to the fire on this issue. Let's hear from Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm so happy that this thing has come down the road here, and I hope uh, they proceed with the court case. You know, so far, uh, the Liberals have shut down any avenue that we have to find out what the truth is. They shut down the Justice Committee. The uh, Ethics Committee uh, meets tomorrow, and I don't have any confidence that that's going to go any different. What about um, Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott? They've been talking nonstop since they were expelled from caucus. What more would you expect to hear? I want to know Trudeau's involvement in this. He refuses to answer questions in a question period. You know, yes or no answers. He will not answer. He goes off on tangents talking about other things. Um, no, we need this. Uh, what we really needed was a public inquiry, but he won't allow that. So this court case is the best thing that we have. Now, the gentleman there that you have, uh, he says, you know, the things that are important to Canadians... Trudeau's credibility is so low when he comes up with these ideas. He was in Toronto last week uh, saying that he's going to spend a million three over nine years on housing. And the comments that I'm hearing is, yeah, we'll believe it when we see the money. This is a government that still will not pay Toronto the millions upon millions that they owe for the asylum seekers 
and we have no confidence that he's going to come through with anything else. Okay, Diane, thanks for that. Uh, I suspect uh, Diane uh, is not a Trudeau fan in, in any incarnation. But, uh, Charles Bird, what does he have to do? Because one of the main criticisms of Trudeau in all of this is that it, it goes against his, quote, brand as being, you know, feminist and, and for reconciliation, you know, sensitive new age guy. Well, it really is a singular test of his leadership, because at the end of the day, the buck stops with him. And, you know, there's been a lot of political commentary that he should have fired um, Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould long ago. He, he actually almost, I think it was 54 or 55 days from the appearance of the original Globe and Mail story that um, until ultimately uh, Miss Wilson-Raybould and Miss Philpott were um, uh, expelled from the caucus. And, and that speaks to, to the, the lengths to which the Prime Minister and the government really worked to try to find a solution that would keep them in the caucus. And I think if they could have had their druthers, they'd, they'd both be in cabinet, because they were two very, very strong ministers, uh, albeit first-time MPs. And, you know, there's, there's no denying that was, a, that was a serious body blow for this government. And this government has not faced a matter um, like this before. So this is really a test for Justin Trudeau. You know, can he rally his troops, rally his caucus, rally the party, ultimately rally Canadians, and move forward with the agenda he promised in 2015? Because it wasn't just sunny ways. It was. It really was a question of investing in infrastructure such as housing. And just to correct Diane, it was actually 1.3 billion. Billion, yes, not million. 1.3 that's million. That's a chump change. And the so the the real key is to demonstrate that we are moving on the commitments that we made in the 2015 campaign. And I think if, if, we, if, the, if the government can get back to that messaging, they'll have a very good story to tell. And in fact, the budget is, is, is evidence of that. John Capobianco, how do the Conservatives uh, keep the uh, channel on the same place? Well, I think I think they just they have to just keep doing what they're doing, which is just you know showcasing the fact that this prime minister and this government haven't done uh, exactly what they were what they said they were going to do during the election campaign. There's a lot of major issues uh, that haven't been uh, materialized. Uh, election election reform is an example where you know one of the biggest uh, things that uh, that he was talking about um, on on changing electoral reform. Uh, you know, shortly into his term, decided that he couldn't do it. Didn't want to do it, and that got scrapped. Uh, the pipeline issue is is still a challenge for for this prime minister, one that that is causing him huge amount of grief in the West. And and if Jason Kenney is to be successful in becoming uh, premier of Alberta uh, in the next uh, little bit, uh, that's going to be another thorn in the prime minister's side that he's going to have to face, uh, along with yeah, some of the other conservative prime uh, premiers. So there's a number of issues I think that are going to be uh, you know shed lights are going to be shed by by the opposition. And your caller Diane is uh, is absolutely right. Um, but her frustration is, is a kind of frustration that it's spreading throughout a lot of, not only just in Toronto and Ontario, but beyond, uh, which is why you're seeing the polling numbers the way they are. So I think you're going to expect to see Andrew Scheer uh, keep, keep 
putting the, 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 the prime minister's feet to the fire. And on this issue specifically, you know, the fact that they are bringing some life into this and, and, and they're bringing this back up is, is just, you know, something that the, the, that the opposition parties, both the Conservative and NDP, are looking at saying, okay, well, let's, let's keep at it, uh, because it's also something that Canadians need to know, because there are, there are answers that have not, there are questions that have not been answered. Charles Bird, if you were guessing, how long do you think this continues? And also on the question of, uh, do you think Jody Wilson-Raybould will jump ship to another party, maybe the Greens, maybe the NDP, and, and what impact would that have? Libby, my guess is that this matter will sort of just fade away, as has been the precedent before, where charges or letters that have been filed have been quietly dropped. Um, unless Mr. Shear insists on doubling down in terms of his accusations of criminal activity, and frankly, I'd be surprised. I mean, if he had something uh, to go on in that regard, I'm sure we would have heard about it long since. Um, with regards to Ms. Wilson-Raybould, um, I, I really don't know. She could run as an independent in Vancouver Granville. She could. Uh, there's been some speculation that she might jump to the Green Party, which has been doing very well in the uh, Prince Edward Island provincial election, which is slated for April 23rd. Um, or she could take up a seat in the House of Commons with, with the NDP. It's very, very difficult to say. I'm not sure, I'm not sure she knows. I will say that it, it's really unfortunate because this was, this was someone along with Ms. Philpott who had very bright futures ahead of them. And because of what appears to have been a simple breakdown in trust and ultimately a, a terrible misunderstanding, um, it, it just feels to me like the, the the futures they might have had won't won't come to pass. Okay, and before we go, John, do you agree with that? This thing is going to wind down. Well, I, I don't uh, agree with that. I think it could have. I think there's a lot of opportunities for it to wind down. I think this is going to be something where, you know, the opposition will uh, will 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 keep bringing up, and it's up to the Prime Minister now to determine if he's going to actually follow through with the, with the threat of a lawsuit or not. Uh, and if he does, then that, that, that's even you know, more dangerous for the Prime Minister, because then it gets into the courts and, and that gets out of his control. Uh, and if he doesn't, then it looks like he, uh, he was just threatening and, and, uh, and was weak enough and then didn't put it through. So either way, it plays very difficult with him, which is why I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, just surprised that he would do this. So I don't think it's going to die down. I thought it was going to die down months ago. Uh, in fact, many did after the Justice Committee shut down. They thought it was going to be done. And then, of course, when they resigned and when they got kicked out of caucus, they thought that was going to be the end of it. And, you know, two weeks later, we're still talking about it. So <laughs> That was I only last so. week. <laughs> Yeah. I know it feels like forever. It feels like forever. <laughs> it was only but last also, week. But I do agree with with Charles. I don't think. I, in fact, I wouldn't recommend um, uh, either Miss uh, Wilson Raybould or Miss Philpot join another party. I think it would it would probably hurt their credibility. I think that uh, they would probably do better as independents. I think uh, a, a Jody Wilson Raybould would do far better as an independent in her writing than than Miss Philpot would in hers and, and Markham. Um, but um, but joining another party, I think would uh, would 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 actually cause some, some liberals who actually support them to, uh, to not support them, which I think would hurt them. Okay. Thank you so much, John Capobianco with Fleischman Hillard High Road and Charles Bird from Ernstcliff Strategy. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Libby. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.